I got to say, I went from looking at Twitter every day going, I don't know why I look at this hell website. I hate everything. Mm -hmm. And like after aggressive muting, I mm -hmm. just was like, I am surrounded and so lucky to have access to these brilliant, brilliant people. Mm -hmm. I am learning so much more. I'd like to suggest a couple of words I've put in to filter out, and it's improved my Twitter experience significantly. Okay. The word wet. Yeah. And Jethro Tull. Okay. Both of those will, honestly, given your typical following <laughs> scenario, that probably made your life a lot better. It emptied the feed, actually. <laughs> that was it. There's that was, nothing in there. Yeah. Rich, do you know who Frank Chimero is? I do. Yeah, very nice person, long, long-standing practitioner of the web. And a pretty prominent design voice. I don't mean to lump people together, but, you know, our friend Craig Maud has been on the show. Mm -hmm. um, I, those two maybe I put together a little bit in my head. It's like very, very serious thinkers who communicate in essays about ways to change the web. They step out of vocation. That's right. And speak in broader terms. Ethan Marco. There's a, there's a crew. Very and nice people. Very nice people. And so uh, Frank wrote an article called Everything Easy is Hard Again. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll summarize it very quickly. It's worth just, just we'll put a link in the podcast notes. But his larger point is that things that used to be easy, and we need to kind of interrogate that a little bit because I don't know if the web has ever truly been easy. But things that used to be easy are now really, really hard. It is hard to get started to build a simple website in a simple web project in a way that sort of matches the expectations of web culture, let's say, right? Like used to be you could open up a file and get started and build a HTML page. And now, you know, there's 80 different things you need to know. And there'll be something really new and cool like CSS grid that lets you lay everything out in a grid. Mm -hmm. But you got to learn it. I learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, Frank wrote this, and I watched somebody from the Webpack community write on Twitter. Now, Webpack is a thing that compiles your JavaScript. It's actually designed because everything's gotten so hard, it simplifies your JavaScript and puts it out ready for production. So if there's an opposite part of the web to the design should be easier part, it's the Webpack community, which is all about trying to manage and handle the complexity of the web automatically. And they were very critical of this piece. It was just sort of like, hey, you know what? What the hell is going on here? Why should the web be easier? The web is really, really complicated, and the stuff that we're trying to do is really, really hard. And I thought that that was a very interesting contrast because on one hand, you have someone who's kind of from the web being about documents community saying, hey, the web is about giving people access to publishing, giving people the ability to publish and communicate outward. And on the other hand, you have someone saying, don't try to make everything too simple. It's actually really complicated. And you're asking us to move backwards in time because the web is actually truly an amazing software delivery platform. And it's really, really powerful. And it's a course, it's incredibly complicated because software is incredibly complicated. And if you try to hide that, you're going to reduce people's ability to do really interesting, compelling things. The web grew up. The web grew up. I actually have been thinking about this a lot. You know, I hate to do this because everybody hates when I do it, but I feel like Switzerland on this one. Because I think that if you want to get into the web and learn how to write a couple web pages and publish and communicate and build a little tiny bit of software, it has gotten too hard. There is no easy on-ramp. You need to know 20 things before you can do one thing. I'm going to take an even stranger position, or I guess you could say 
beyond neutral position, and that is there's no web. The, the, the story arc of the web to where we are today isn't even the web. It's just this wild network of protocols that have been appropriated by a few companies. This is a good point, right? So it starts as, hey, I want to share a physics paper with the world. And I want to link to other physics papers. This is in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Cool. Here's a little thing called a link. You put this link in and it points to a machine that has a web server on it. And now the two pieces are connected. Well, go take it further, though. That physics paper isn't just going to be a document sent up. If you want this to be read in a web browser, you're going to have to do a little bit of work. That's right. You got to mark it up in HTML. But even so... Give the, it a headline. Yeah, I mean, you can learn the basics in a couple hours. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, fine. Then it gets a little more complicated because suddenly it's hard to find these things. Links aren't quite enough. So then search engines show up. Wait, but wait, it's, it's still hard, right? Okay, so I marked it up in HTML. Where's it going? You got to put it on a web server. What's that? Well, that's a, that's a piece of software that runs on a computer that isn't very often is either under your desk or somewhere you've never been. Right. So I don't know what that is. Well, you got to put it in a folder and use FTP. Okay, I don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly, right? So it, right? it has always been kind of hard. But I would say that earliest days, but here's what's tricky. It hasn't been earliest days for 25 years. Earliest days you could learn, let's say in a couple days. Then it got like, well, you could get good in a couple months. But now I think to really be good and to truly understand like what we do online with products is a couple years. Or, and here's the angle I'm coming in at, I've got the physics paper. Guess what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to open Google Docs. I'm going to cut and paste. I'm going to paste it in. I'm going to create a shareable link. And that's that. That's the web to most people these days. That is the web today. Yeah. That is how it, I, think I've, I, have a, I have some photos. You think I'm going to upload images and hit them with IMG links to the photos from a server? No, I'm going to just drop them in. Pick your photo platform, Google Photos, iPhoto, wherever you want. And then I'll show them to people that way. It's over. The, the notion of having to do that heavy lifting is gone. What he's talking about is the, the, a practitioner, which is a tiny, tiny part of the population here. The person that needs that table on the web can just paste the table in. For the it's, most part, that is very true. Yeah. For the most part. Where it gets amazing is when people decide that we get, we get plenty of emails and plenty of people come up to us par at parties and they're like, we have to build the next Facebook. And you're like, what you, what you going to do? And they're like, let me show you my pictures. And then they bring out a notebook and it's filled with like cough, cough drop wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, this is going to be so huge. Right. Right. So there is that. There's the like, I mean, people, the level, all these levels of abstraction, people kind of have, have lost track of them. Yeah. And if you really want a website for your, um, your bakery. Yeah. You're going to use Squarespace. I can't believe Wix.com is even still in business. Yeah. You're going to use, or, you know, if Squarespace you Squarespace is a monster. If somebody can convince you, you might use WordPress and, uh. Yeah. WordPress for my bakery. Squarespace has the bakery template. That's true. You just hit make bakery. <laughs> it's over, man. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's over. Everything is shrink wrapped. It's all over. All right. So why get into it? Why do it? Is it done? There is craft. There okay. is creativity on the other side. If you're willing to just pummel through all the sort of automated stuff and just barrel through it and say, well, what's going on behind 
the scenes right. here. I don't know if anybody's doing that. I don't know if there is a 13-year-old that's curious no, about let's that. let's hit pause. Let's hit pause because you actually do need, let's say you are a, a mid-sized company and you, you do need your own website to, let's say you want to do something interesting or interactive with your site that, you know, a map that lights up. Things a like knowledge that. base. A knowledge base, whatever. A designer needs to come in. And a designer needs to tell you how that's going to look and work. They might start with wireframes. And how that's going to be organized. That is right. And the designer does better in our world if they actually understand the stack underneath. True. If you just say make it pretty, they might put it on a grid and they might make it look like a book from 180 years ago. And that might be pretty, but that won't be user experience. It's not helpful, yeah. That's right. So there is a very, very strong connection between what people are able to do and what the computer is able to let them do. Like I always think of this in terms of constraints that life is like your creative life is defined by the constraints of the systems that you work in. Right. So a a book can only be so long and it can't be too short. A tweet has to be 140 characters and a website. Well, not anymore, but but it used to be. And so the constraint system around design, right? Like the thing that really motivates designers I've found is here are the parameters Here's what we can do. Go. And, and what changes, the parameters are constantly changing. And that is very hard. You, you spend a year or two building up a framework for approaching problems. And yeah. like put Squarespace aside, General Electric still needs to communicate its core brand values through a series of interactive explorations. Probably a giant web presence. Right. Or if you go on the outline, Goldman Sachs has a giant interactive Bitcoin ad. Right. Okay, so somebody's got to design that. It's got to be novel. And build it. And build it. That's right. So it is very hard when the rules change all the time to know what your constraints are and how you're going to be creative. They truly change all the time. And they change. I mean, one thing that's happened is it used to be that browsers were always a little out of sync with each other. And there was always this enormous effort to kind of get the browsers to be lined up and and, and work. That was our our friend Jeffrey Zeldman worked on that for many, many Mm -hmm. years. And um, all those standards now are there, and now you can kind of get a new change out pretty quickly. And yep. it's, it's all like all the browsers kind of support CSS grid now. Yeah. It's settled <laughs> which, down. No, which, no, it's settled down. But what that means is like it's all there now. There's no big warning. You don't have to like, oh, this is experimental. It's like one day. Right. Rel- you'll, you'll hear about it. And then a couple months later, it's, it's out of the newsletter and in your head. Right. Then, okay, so I think that there is still a real challenge there. That's just hard. And then on the other side, you have a community of people who are like, the web is software. We deliver software. We deploy it. It has lots of moving pieces that's really complicated, and it's going to remain that complicated. And also, if you need something and it's not available on the web, just build it and let the JavaScript do the work. Yeah, I, I think it's a generational thing. I know that sounds crazy. I know. To say. I think that's very real. And I think that there is a generation that they view the web as as a software platform. Yeah, just I want and, it. Give and, it to and me. And not an information delivery platform only. That's right. And that's a very subtle difference. Yeah. And I think also like it's it's really clear. You got to be careful not to like over stereotype here. Very With true. The pure software delivery platform. Let me give you an example. WebAssembly, I've talked about it before, but eventually there's going to be a virtual machine in your browser that runs really, really fast. And in you fa- have been riding WebAssembly In fact, it's actually there. There's going to be ways to do things like, I don't know, maybe compile the entire Android tool chain on the WebAssembly. So now Android apps can run in the browser natively, right? Like imagine that. That's very, that's like, that's well within the range of possibility. Damn cool. That'd be really cool, right? Is it better to just deliver an Android app that also works in the browser? 
Or is it better to have a nice website? I don't know if website... We're going to end up saying... Does anybody say carburetor anymore? Very rarely. Okay. I think the, the term website and what it represents, which I think is assets constrained to a single root domain, I think. I mean, kind of. Yeah, there's no clear... I, I just... I think it's is gone. Site represents a node well, okay. in the network. Let's be mindful. It's gone to you and me as people who go out and get business. It's not gone to like the federal government. Very true. It's like IRS.gov is going to be a website for 25 more years. At least. At least. Right? Because they have to have the forms and they have to have the information. It needs to be searchable. And pages will remain the best way to deliver information that people need. I actually kind of love that shit. You ever look up like the county clerk in New York City, Mm -hmm. the King's County Clerk for Brooklyn and whatnot? You can look up any case on the docket. Yeah, it's great. And the website is spectacular. It, well, I mean, spectacular in quotes. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so about. good. It's so good. And and it works fast. Yeah. Like the one thing they got right is like, we can't make it take 12 seconds, yeah, so. but who cares how it looks? And it's spectacular. It's just a good tool. Yeah. You could look up property like details, file deeds and things like that. And Be, it's just great. You know what's happening? We're getting at the real thing here though, which is that the infrastructure of the world the things that people use day to day, the way that people access information, the web is still actually flawless and in many ways unmatched for accessing that information. Sure. For experiences, it's sort of pure software that moves really fast and sings and dances and responds to the movements of your mouse is better. Like if you're like, like Instagram as a pure website would be like, oh, click, new page, new picture. That would be really slow and kind of, it wouldn't be as fun as sitting there flipping through image after Scrolling image. Scrolling forever. That's right. Yeah. That infinite scroll is really like sort of where the difference shows up. Yeah. But when you think about the constraint systems that you need in order to get like a really good government website put together, mm-hmm. it's not the same set of skills that you need to build a really awesome app. Not at all. No. it's, it's A lot a, of information organization and... It's just very different. And it's tricky because we're in this very like, we're way on the peak. Like we are, we're always trying to do really novel stuff for large orgs. We're an agency. You know, yep. people come to us. We like the big work, but those tend to be longer term relationships. And then you figure it out, to, mm-hmm. you know, but most people walk in the door going, hey, I need X, I need Y. Right. That is still going to remain a vast, vast space. Like there are going to be billions of web pages that need to be published continually every year to support the infrastructure of the world. And I think for those in that world, it really is hard to get the news. Like you're always playing catch up and then there's all this new stuff. It's hard to get it done. It's true. That's true. Let's keep this simple. Everything we're talking about on this show is something we do. Or are connected with. That's right. That's right. We do the good design. We think really hard about the platform. We really listen to and and take people like Frank really seriously because they're doing the good work too. And we're part of a community. And uh, we try to get back when we can. We try to open our space. We want to make a good, healthy, thoughtful place for technology, especially open internet technology here in New York City. And we build platforms and we build products on top of them. So that's that's the way to think about us. That'll be the end of the ad. And, you know, postlight.com is our website. Talk to us.
I, I think there's another facet to this, which I think is the web originally had sort of the, the organizational characteristics of a library. This, right. this notion of stuff well, it was very much in rows and columns. A right? lot of the early web people were library people. That's right. And what happened was Google. Google abstracted away any notion or sort of imp- implication of organization. Well, there wasn't. You didn't create the taxonomy. Google will just let you find it. And in fact, they were actively against you organizing information. They were just <laughs> right. like, no, no, no. Full text search is the only way forward. But actually, I don't know if you remember this. Like Google was sort of like strongly anti-taxonomy. For like a decade. Yeah, it's punches at their core principles. Yeah, but then they bought a giant like semantic web company called, I think, Freebase. And now when you go and you search for things like movies 1998. Right. And it shows you like this string of movies across the uh-huh, top. Uh-huh. That's them being all taxonomic. Right. 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 So, so even they went like, yeah, all right, fine. But only <laughs> after they told everyone to go shove it. Right. Exactly. So the notion of a page or the notion of a book, you could say the pages make up the book. Right. The web pages make up the site was obliterated. That's right. Essentially. So that need to sort of think that way and organize that way. Well, and the whole industry picked up and was like, we're not web people anymore. We're product people. And I'm, I'm sorry about your website with 800,000 court cases on it. <laughs> um, good luck finding someone to maintain that for you. Right. 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 We love those projects, though. That's what's tricky is I still love that space. There's still a huge amount to figure out with like the very simple search bar and the enormous set of documents. There's still huge problems with like letting people navigate to the right tax form. Those are the real problems. And we're oh. not, right now out in the world, the, the way that the heat and light is around the web and especially like what the Bay Area wants, the problems we're solving are how do we deliver web experiences that are more like dynamic software, like on mobile. Right. As opposed to how do I get Joe to find his 1040 EZ Exactly. Um, you know, in the right amount of time. What you're starting to see is, hey, forget it all. Download the Pennsylvania state tax app. <sighs> Which, I mean, and that's a bad abstraction, in my opinion, because it's just not, it's not open in the same way. You know, the, the tw- nobody knows anymore. No, I nobody know. knows anything anymore. It's true. And it, it's, it's a little icon sitting next to Temple Run. Yeah. Everybody's trying to, I mean, everyone's trying their best with that stuff, right? Yeah. No, I mean... Although I did read, I did read um, who was it, like Booz Allen got $182 million to make a website for federal campgrounds. That's a good gig. We're doing something <laughs> wrong, Paul. We screwed up so bad. We're doing something I wrong. want $182 million for 90,000 campgrounds. They should just send everyone in America a tent. <laughs> for the same dollars. Anyway, that's the world that we're in, right? Like there's... That sort of stuff, those big informational, useful websites, there's a whole world of people supporting and and taking care of them, but they don't get the glamour. Right. And they kind of, I think, get ignored. And I, to me, I, I reading Frank's piece, I was thinking about those people who are underserved by design and by the, the sort of cool parts of the web and right. often are given really bad advice and really bad support. And we don't think about them enough. That's my, that's all I'm saying. I think that's right. I, and and I think he's bringing important perspective here. I think a lot of people who read that article won't know what he's talking about and will well, wonder I, I, why he's talking I about it. I saw them get frustrated. That was what was interesting to me. You're seeing people go like, mm, everything's great. Right. Right. Exactly. And in the meantime, you have probably, I don't know, maybe 100,000 people out there who have to update the HTML somewhere. You could argue it's progress. Maybe that's what progress looks like. <sighs> Technology should give you abstractions that give you more power. 
Which it does. Kind of. Which it does. I don't feel that my average Android app gives me superpowers. No, you're just a consumer in that case. But I will say, like, my average site, good site search across a large set of documents is a freaking superpower. We take it for granted now. A site search within a site, you mean? Just like legal research, right? Things yes. like that. Yes. Like when you used to have to, you wasn't even like have to do this by hand. There've always been services or card catalogs or whatever. Like through the course of our life, there's been a lot of stuff that's been digital, but it is a superpower to be able to quickly explore and find a lot of information. And it continues to be. That's not what app experiences tend to be. No. The information is sort of being sorted and structured for you on the server, packaged up and delivered to you as like a nice Facebook wall or, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, so. yeah, it's packaged up. But it's not about your power, right? Like it's a, no. that's an experience rather than a tool. Well, this is a, this is the, the, the sort of warning that you read a lot about in, in like the non-technical press, which is we're becoming sort of just passive consumers we just sort of gobble stuff up. We kind of just open our mouths and just in, stuff pours in and we don't really pro, like do much with it. We're not interacting as much. No, the energy is on creating experiences using algorithms in the back end as opposed to giving people tools so they have human superpowers. Or giving people tools to create experiences with enormously low overhead and zero thought. Like I don't need to see your half-finished chicken dish on Instagram, no, but no. it took you a half a second to tell tell the world that you're full. You know, here's the thing, and here we are. You don't need to see it, but you don't mind seeing it. No, I think that's the tricky part, right? It's addictive. Yeah, you're right? like, oh, well, there's addictive. more. There's more. Well, it's never fully satisfying, so you have to go get more. It's 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 hypnotic is yeah. the word. Anyway, the web. <laughs> We're getting dumber. It's getting smarter. It got smarter because we've got smarter. It's really funny. Still, the whole thing is funny. Just good fun. Still, billions of web pages that need people to care and love yep. them because they're incredibly important and actually one of the things that drive our culture. But everybody else wants to go build apps. Long what's the, live. What's, what's the solution? You decide. Long live Wikipedia. Yeah, I gotta love love Wikipedia. All I can say. And the adolescent men who build it. Um, all right, <laughs> it's time for the segment. Can well, I tell you, or you talk about things that are annoying to you? All right, listen. I'm not the only one with darkness in their heart. This is true. I have a I have a complicated one. All right, so you're taking it this time. I'm annoyed. Here's what's this is very difficult to express, but I went and bought. I like to switch up my phones. You know, I had a I had a iPhone six for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. It was time to move over. The case you had was thick too. I'm a dad. I drop a lot of things, you know. They won't let me have a fanny pack because I'm a large man and they just, you know, they don't even come in my size. But like... <laughs> it looked like the old Panasonic rugged laptops, you know what I'm talking I about? Know. If you told me I had to wear acid wash jeans and a vest for the rest of my life, I would. <laughs> you know, I just have people in my life who keep that from happening. So I get, yep. on, I get onto the Pixel 2. Handsome phone. God, it is a great phone. I'm just enjoying it. I'm using... Google Photos, and I'm doing Google things. And the apps, the funny thing is, you used to feel when you used Android that it was a sec everything was a second-class citizen, but everything's caught up. Also, there's only really like five apps anymore. There's like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And yeah. Like the You're not a gamer. No, no, I'm not. And so 
Uh, we live in a giant, consolidated, platform-driven world, and the Pixel 2 is just as good a tool, if not better in some ways, to access that world as the iPhone. And I mm-hmm. think that's a that's a defensible argument. Some people will be like, oh, no way, but it, 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 just, like, it just is. And then I'm looking at Google Photos, and I'm like, this is great. I just put all my photos in. I, they they work beautifully. It extracts animated GIFs from them for the video, sends them to me, did a little video. And it has a way to do it. You know how when Facebook does like an automated video, it really feels kind of sticky? Mm. Kind of like you're just like, oh, God. Everything feels sticky on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, they're just, they're just like kind of sniffing. Facebook always is like, yeah. hey, what's in there? Hey, yeah. huh? And they're always, they're like, you go up in your attic and Facebook is just sitting there. It's like, yeah. it looks, it's like a half human. Also, half- every video Facebook suggests to me now is a guy in an ice cream parlor making those rolls of ice cream on the big steel table? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's gotten really weird. And so Google, you know, it's really nice stuff I share. I'm like, oh, that's a great... So this doesn't sound like a, a gripe? Well, here's the thing. Google is still a giant platform company that kind of runs the world. It runs the web in its own interest. It's a giant advertising company. And increasingly, I find myself, despite Decades of training and paranoia going, you know, they're pretty great. I mean, they are. Are you allowed to love a giant brand that way? Like, it's worrisome to me. That's what I, I Why is it worrisome? Because I see people do it with Apple. They look like they, they're ridiculous. People are ridiculous about Apple. What does that mean? Uh, uh, you mean like for, waiting online and stuff? How about like our entire company stops for seven hours whenever Tim Cook gets up and gives that talk and his, you know, no one tucks in their shirt. On yeah. stage for four hours, and they're just like. Remember the last one? They had that woman, poor woman, stand on a surfboard. Oh, it was like a paddleboard. Paddleboard. Look at how great my watch works. God, that's a rough, that rough, a rough call. One. That one. Yeah. It's like Denise, will you do it? You know, because they don't. Was she gonna say no? You know, they should. Just, no, you're right. It's cultish. I, I'm with you. Just they should just get Cirque du Soleil to do all the Apple events from now on. <laughs> and so, like, Blue Man Group. This is the thing. Like Google, I keep looking at it, and it. It's weird because I almost, and I, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to literally jump out a window. I feel they're not getting enough credit. Okay. You, you've given them credit. Yeah. This is probably the most optimistic, can I tell you, segments ever. But I have, I have thoughts on this. Okay. Nobody gives a shit about your life. True. Nobody cares. There's a, a strong sort of deeply rooted view of individuality that's just part of our society. We're special. It's very American. We're unique. Yeah. And power emanates out of us towards institutions. In our uniqueness, yeah. But guess what? Nobody gives a shit about your life. Nobody cares. Nobody will ever look at your fo- that photo you snuck in of your wife napping with something weird on her nose. Nobody cares. And nobody will ever care. And your data is not special, actually. And guess what? You want another thing? You want another thing? Sure. When they send me an advertisement of a watch in an article that I was reading about uh, the latest advances in medicine, mm-hmm. cool. Cool, because you like watches? Good for you. you it's figured- like a friend walked over to me and said, Check out this new watch that came out. Here's, this is, what it comes down to is the premise behind the anger is, um, comes from self-importance. And I think it's nonsense. Take my data. What do you want with my data? What are you going to possibly do with my data? Nobody can, you know what it, that's like? You know what it reminds me of? When everybody takes their phones out and takes pictures of the Brooklyn Bridge. Go on Flickr 
and search Brooklyn Bridge. There are lots of excellent photos of the Brooklyn Bridge. The photo you just took is useless. Don't bother. Like, no, but that's the photo you took. Who cares? You'll never look at it again. That's another point, right? Because you'll take 11,000 in the next 30 days between that photo. It's kind of nice a few years later, though. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, I like to go back through the old photos and look at them. It is fun. Of your family. I look at the ones I took of the Brooklyn Bridge on the bus on the way in. Really? Yeah, it'll be like, oh, it was a rainy day. All right, I, so you're getting some self-value like value back. Absolutely. Which is nice. It's a narrative of my life. Right? I have a complicated relationship with Google. That's that's. I wish it was different. I wish I could just dislike yeah. them like I like dislike most giant things. Let it go. You're, All right. I hate to say it. I love you. You're my friend. Yeah. You're not that special. Fair. All right. All right. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it. All right. Well, look, let's not make it complicated. Hello at postlight.com is how you reach us. We build your platforms. We build your products. We like you. Postlight.com is our website. Trackchanges.postlight.com is our newsletter. And you can... Five stars iTunes. Oh, all of that. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.